church. Merry Christmas to you all. Blessed be the God, the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come and set his people free. Uh huh. You weren't expecting that one, were you? We have all these wonderful greetings that we share with one another this time of year. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Good morning, Hello, how are you? And it truly is an encouragement to see all of you here. I'm going to give you a new one, and it's it's not original with me. It's the first line of Zechariah's song that we looked at a few weeks ago in Luke. The first thing that he says after not being able to speak for months until the birth of John the Baptist, and then he says, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He has come and set His people free. Just kind of sits with you for a moment, doesn't it? And puts a lot of impact on what's really going on here with the birth of Jesus. You can follow along on the screen, and I want you to hear that story that Dave shared with us uh, around the Lord's Supper this morning. I I want to read it from Eugene Peterson's translation, because he does some interesting things with this. Before we do that, let's give thanks. Father, we ask that you would bless us in the reading and in the hearing of this word, and we pray that um, this story will shape our lives so that we will be um, the kind of people, the type of people, your people, who willingly devote ourselves and share our lives with others because of the spirit of the good news, the gospel, that we have a Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. About that time, Caesar Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the empire. This was the first census when Quirinius was governor of Syria. Everyone had to travel to his own ancestral hometown to be accounted for. So Joseph went from the Galilean town of Nazareth up to Bethlehem in Judah. That's David's town. He went there for the census. And as a descendant of David, he had to go there. He went with Mary, his fiancée, his betrothed, who was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth. She gave birth to her son, her firstborn. She wrapped him in a blanket and laid him in a manger. That's a feed trough because there was no room in the guest house. There were sheep herders, sheep herders camping in the neighborhood. They had set night watches over their sheep. Suddenly, God's angel stood among them, and God's glory blazed around them, and they were terrified. The angel said, don't be afraid. I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody, worldwide. A Savior has been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master. This is what you're to look for. A baby wrapped in a blanket and lying in a manger. At once the angel was joined by a huge angelic choir singing God's praises. Glory to God in the heavenly... Oh, wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. To make this sound right, this is a good reading, I want you to read those yellow words with me, okay? You ready? Glory to God in the heavenly heights. Peace to all men and women on earth who please Him. That's good. 
As the angel choir withdrew into heaven, the sheep herders talked it over. Let's go over to Bethlehem as fast as we can and see for ourselves what God has revealed to us. They left running and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in the manger. Seen was believing. They told everyone they met what the angels had said about this child. All who heard the sheep herders were impressed. Mary kept all these things to herself, holding them dear deep within herself. The sheep herders returned and let loose, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen. It turned out exactly the way they had been told. Did you notice that one of the things that Peterson did in this translation is he doesn't call the shepherds shepherds. He calls them sheep herders. Might seem like a small thing at first, but it meant a lot to me. Because when you call them shepherds, a particular image comes to mind. You get the fellow with the staff, the, the leader, the, the, the shepherd boy, uh, who for some reason in that one song is talking to the little lamb and... Um, saying some really bizarre things. Uh, you should pay attention to that song sometime. I question it. But there, there's, there's all sorts of uh, images that come up with a shepherd. The same way that if I say cowboy, a certain image comes to mind. But cattle raiser doesn't have a lot of those same connotations, does it? It doesn't have those same images. Sheep herders are just people who take care of the sheep. And really, in that world, they would have been nobody special. They would have just been people trying to make a living, doing what they could. And they could have been boys, and they could have been girls. You remember that when Moses met his wife, she's tending sheep. You remember that when um, Jacob meets his wife, she's tending sheep. There, there's, there's boys and girls, there's young, there's old. All sorts of people are tending sheep. It's not just a group of shepherd boys who fit a demographic of 15 to 17. These are the people that would be considered by most of the world in their day nobody special. And they need a word of good news. They need to hear something good because most of their life is filled with things that aren't so good. They're the kind of people, and I think along with Joseph and Mary also, they're the kind of people who bear the burden whenever there's a census. Did you catch that first line when uh, Caesar Augustus in the days of the governor of Syria issued a census? And it all sounds like a lot of uh, special preamble and if you go back to the king james it says that uh, caesar augustus decreed that the whole world should be taxed wow that's not even subtle okay that's tax them all just every one of them now there's some debate over whether it's really best translated taxed 
Or is it just a census and they just want everybody registered? But either way, it's the sort of thing that powers and governments and emperors do, and it causes all of the people, even the ones who are nobody special, to have to disrupt their lives to serve the powers that be. I mean, this isn't an easy thing for Joseph and Mary to take the trip from Nazareth to Bethlehem with her about to give birth, and then they find themselves in his ancestral home with no place to stay, no guest room. All because someone in power wants everybody taxed or registered or whatever. The people who are nobody special are often the ones who have to bear the burdens when the empires in our world want to have their way. Well, I know it's Christmas Eve, but can I go ahead and stir you up in a Christmas-type sermon here today? I want to get really controversial and maybe get right on the edge of some Star Wars spoilers, okay? That's really going to get you worked up. Everybody's so triggered by this movie, and I just saw it uh, a couple of days ago. And I won't give away too much, but I'll tell you that uh, it turns out that some of the folks that everybody had high hopes for turn out to be nobody special. And I think we have a hard time with that in our American thinking. Because we think that every hero is supposed to be somebody special. We think that each one of us has to have some sort of destiny that makes us special. And we don't like it when we get reduced or treated to nobody special. But the truth is, some of us are sheep herders. Here's the thing. It's the sheep herders who get the special announcement. And I'm not saying that that makes them instantly go from nobody special to somebody special. I would say using Luke's term that he used for Zechariah, and then even for Mary, when, he's, when, you know, when he has to tell us, Mary is from Nazareth, which by the way, if you don't know where that is, is in Galilee. And like I said last week, anytime you have to tell people that this town is next to this town, you know that that town is not much. When I used to live in Texas, people would ask where you're from. If I said Brentwood or Winslow, they'd have no idea. You kind of get that. Some of you are still wondering where Brentwood is. I have to look for it every time I go there. But eventually I just got to telling people I was from northwest Arkansas, or even Arkansas. People in Texas, though, when you tell them Arkansas, they may ask you where that is, okay? I've lived there long enough that I know this. But here's Mary and Joseph, these people who, who have to be registered and noted and they, they bear the burdens of the powers of the empire. They're not, a, they're not Caesar Augustus. They're not the governor of Syria. But these people are the ones who are, in Luke's terms, favored by God. Oh, and Mary understands that when the angel appears. She's just amazed that she receives this kind of favor. And here are these sheep herders These boys, these girls, young, old, out with their flocks. And the angel, 
knowing what angels are supposed to do when they appear, and says, do not be afraid. That's Angel Studies 101. They teach you that. That when you appear to the people on earth, always tell them, do not be afraid. Because this is amazing and this is wondrous to see the glory of the Lord bursting out. And, and I believe that this translation helped us with that too. That this is no silent night. But the sky just exploded on these sheep herders. And an angel concert started up. Not one angel, not two. A heavenly host. A myriad. In Arkansas language, that's a bunch of angels. And they start singing. And there's praising. And it just spills out. Heaven has just spilled out on the earth. But there's substance to this also. There's a good message that goes along with the really great worship. And that message is... There's a Savior born. It's sort of what Zechariah was talking about. Blessed be God. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel. He came to save his people. He came to rescue his people. He's the Savior. And so now they have that Savior. You, you see, when you're one of the people who are among the in that in that nobody special demographic, the sheep herders. The carpenters, just a girl from Nazareth. You know that the birth of a future king or the appointment of a new government may not go well. It could mean that bad things happen. Our government turns over every four years and we think the end of the world is coming. Every two years and we think the end of the world is coming. And sometimes it's bad. And sometimes I don't think we ever really expect it to be good. And maybe that's a good lesson to learn. Because the only announcement that will really bring good news is that God has stepped in and sent a Savior. And this is why the angels can sing this song that says, Peace to everyone. Not just peace on earth. Peace on earth sometimes, and I know that's how we often say it, but peace on earth sometimes sounds like God has uh, uh, airlifted a uh, pallet of peace and just dropped it on earth. Here you go. Peace. Thanks, God. Bring us some more the next time you fly by. All right. But the word is peace to you, Peace to you, peace to you, every one of you living on the earth. God's peace to you. It's a gift with your name on it. It's real. It changes the way you and I live. This Savior, this Messiah, this Master, this new King, the birth announcement of this new ruler means that war's not in our future. Catastrophe is not in our future. Distress and poverty is not in our future. But what's in our future is peace. God's peace. And not just in the eternity that happens after death, but in the eternity that exists even right now. Well, these sheep herders are just stirred up by all this. They're excited about it. And they can't help but tell everyone. 
Some of you right now are probably wondering how you're going to pull off the perfect Christmas tomorrow. The pressure's there. The pressure is there. Maybe you're stressed about how to make everyone in your family happy. Maybe you're stressed that some people in your family are not happy. Maybe there's pressure to make sure everyone has that sentimental feeling that everybody gets the perfect gift. Maybe you're even feeling some pressure because you want the perfect gift. For some of us, it's just those things. There's so much that can go wrong. The burnt food, the unhappy people, the problems with travel. For some people, it's even more serious than that. It can be a very painful time of year. In fact, our dreams of a perfect Christmas, they, um, they may be an illusion. They, uh, they, they may be filled with unreal expectations. And that pressure for a perfect Christmas may be a burden that comes upon you and me by the powers that be. Not powers that I can name, not powers that occupy offices, but I'm talking about the spirit of the age. The ideas that we all buy into, that tomorrow is December 25th, and you know, by gum, if everybody's not just super happy, then we failed. Even when we notice the things that are going on in the world, we understand that there's, there's a lot of pain this time of year. But is that really different than any other time of year? You and I are going to be inundated with news, bad news, sad news, images. Some of it's going to be local. Some of it's going to be very personal. Some of it's just going to be worldwide. Some of it we'll be able to do something about. Most of it, we don't have a chance to do anything about it. And it could become crushing. You probably understand what I'm talking about. If you don't, then, then you might. But here's the thing. I think all of us are waiting for some really good news. Just some word of hope. The lie that we've been given is that all of us deserve to be somebody special. But if we're all special, then none of us are special. Because everybody's looking to be somebody special. Everybody's looking to be super important. Everybody's looking to have their day. I love it in my uh, wife's family. Boy, this works. If, if you've got multiple kids that are all about the same age, because she, she's got twins, and uh, boy, just to, just to solve the... I mean, you've got all these little guys there about the same age, and every one of them wants attention, so they each have a day. It's their day to pick. It's their day to choose. This is brilliance. This is parenting brilliance, okay? You can take that with you. That's free. My sister-in-law and brother-in-law get the credit for that. But, you know, and, and when they're at our house, it, boy, it works. I want to play this game. I want to play this game. Whose day is it? Okay? King for a day. That one gets to be, that one gets to be the, you know, the despot for the whole day. 
Yeah, all, his brothers have to do everything that he says. But the screw's going to turn, and the next one will be the tyrant tomorrow. That works great when you're under the age of 10 and you're one of a, 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 you know, twins or triplets or whatever. But when you get to be older and you have to live in the world with other people, we can't all have our day. And when you truly, truly live among the demographic of people who are not even nobody special in the eyes of the world, but often invisible, overlooked, oppressed in the eyes of the world, then yeah, the burden of the powers that be who want to be special themselves can be crushing and killing. So we need some good news. We need something that tells us this isn't how things really are. This is what this story about the amazing word that it's these sheep herders who get to be the original evangelists. And, and if that word is too churchy for you, I'll be honest, it's a little too churchy for me, that, that they get to be the first news reporters. They're the ones who get to put the logo up on the screen, breaking news. What's the news? Why would you know the news, little sheep herder? <laughs> Because heaven just opened up and I heard the word announced from heaven. We've got a Savior. God cares. He favors us. We heard the angels singing about it. And in this wonderful scene that it's kind of like Jacob's ladder almost where the, he- the heavenly chorus and the little sheep herders on earth are having this, this worship service together. God's news, His good news, just breaks out in the midst of a world that can be full of burdens, especially for those who don't always count in the world, or if they do, they become nothing more than a number in a a census. Good news is you don't have to be somebody special to enjoy God's favor and God's peace. That sounds good to us. We all like the underdog. We're all for the underdog. We're all for the, the, the common folk, the everyday people. But understand this too, that when you watch and when you pay attention and you really understand this story, you'll notice how many times a day you and I struggle to be somebody special on our terms, in our own way, to get the notice of others. Even if we just want to be left alone and have nobody bother us. Oh, that sounds good. Even Even if we want that. We're still demanding to be somebody special. But God favors you. He gives His peace to you simply because He's the Lord, the God of Israel, and He's come to save His people. Because He loves you, because He cares. And because of that, you have a Savior. I have a Savior. And if Savior is too churchy of a word, you have a king. You have a hero king. You have a defender, a protector, a provider. You know the power that is above all other powers. 
And that power is acting on behalf of those who are burdened and crushed by the powers of this world. Now, that ought to work on us in a couple of ways. One way it works on us is to give us great joy, and we can go and we can tell it on the mountain because we know this good news. We sang that song today, but did you notice that other song that we just sang? Had that line in it that I bet you don't hear Andy Williams singing Oh Holy Night and talk about how the ones in chains are our brothers. I don't remember Andy singing that in his concert. Wow, that line gets kind of edgy. I haven't always felt oppressed in my life, and maybe that's your situation too. But one thing that it does tell me is, God, who, who I know God, I, there's no way, how can God feel oppressed? I mean, seriously. But God cares about those who the world may look at as nobody special, the sheep herders, the unimportant ones. And if God's going to be on their side, and I'm going to be on His side, then He's going to want me to care about them too. He's going to want me to be with Him on that. These are the two ways this ought to work on us. And when that happens, understand too, we can't be patronizing about it. We can't be patronizing about it and say that, hey, we are the Savior, we are the Rescuer. Oh, no. We've been rescued too. We are simply those who are being saved. We are those who are favored by God. But when we reach out to those who may feel burdened and crushed and oppressed, and we tell them good news, just like those sheep herders told good news, then we are extending and sharing the peace of God that the angels announced to the sheep herders. We're going to sing a song now. It's a song that's been requested because we've got a young man here today who wants to submit his life to Jesus Christ. And maybe that's what you need to do. I want to encourage you to submit your life to the Savior, to the one who can rescue you, the one rightful true king, the one rightful true ruler. The one who establishes the one government that will last forever. Jesus Christ. And if there's any need that you have this morning to be encouraged, or you want to submit your life to Him in baptism, then why don't you let these shepherds up here know that while we're singing this song. Or you can go back there. There's a room back there with pews. You can do the same thing there. Pray with me for just a moment. Father, I pray that you would work among us and let your Spirit encourage each and every one of us that we may know the joy that comes from serving you and the joy that comes from hearing the good news that we have a Savior. May we be willing to bow to you, to submit to you, and to understand that in your hands our lives are most meaningful. Father, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's sing together.